Today, in John chapter 4, we find a wonderful passage about a woman thirsting for God. My friend, in every person, there is a wonder and innate thirst for God. As you look at the scripture in verse 4, Consider with me the compulsion of Jesus. 
When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Note the route of the journey. That's significant. You will notice here the route of his journey from Jerusalem back north to Galilee was not the direct route, but Jews always would cross the Jordan, travel up the eastern bank of the Jordan, and then back across to reach the northern province of Galilee. But here we're told that Jesus must needs go through Samaria. The Son of God, living in obedience to the Father, felt divine compulsion to repudiate this prejudice and to meet the needs of the people in this section of the world. The Holy Spirit had prepared them and Jesus was coming with his power and message. And so he breaks with tradition and travels straight north into Samaria. All of us are taking a journey in life and must live the same sense of divine compulsion Will Rogers once said that there are three eras in American history, the passing of the buffalo, the passing of the Indian, and the passing of the buck. And this has affected us in our responsibilities before God. Multitudes turn back because they have this prejudice or wrong feeling and assessment of people. I say to you, my friend, that you must needs go through Samaria as did Jesus. That is, put aside your prejudice for any group or race of people. Then if you will look in your Bibles at verse 7, consider here the thirst of a soul. There in verse 7 we read, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. In that blazing noontime heat, there comes one from the hot, dusty countryside, one whose life has been parched with sin. That blazing heat, the parched, dusty ground, is all a picture of her miserable, parched life. There is evidence that she was religious but nevertheless, that kind of life 
did not satisfy. She had become a slave to her own passions. There she is with her soul, soul searching, crying out for more than what the physical water would ever satisfy. Not knowing it, she stood before the one who could abundantly supply a fountain from which she could drink that would forever cleanse and satisfy her soul. And so Jesus, sensing the need, reaching out in compulsion, struck up a conversation by asking, please give me a drink of water. But as you know, the woman was surprised because Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, particularly a man in conversation with a woman in public. Jesus said to her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you a will that is deep and satisfying. Just like Nicodemus, this woman did not understand what Jesus meant. And so Jesus replied to her saying, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. There was a need in her life that the world could not satisfy. This woman and the words of Jesus both indicate that in every person's life, there is a need that is beyond human supply and this material lustful world. In verse 10 of that scripture, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would given you the living water. And so Jesus sensing the need, reached out in compassion and offered this woman a drink, a spiritual drink that would satisfy the deepest thirst and longing of her life. There is a deep thirst and longing in every man's heart so wonderfully expressed by the psalmist who said, I thirst for the living God. Augustine talks about our hearts being restless until they rest in God. And Wordsworth said, those obstinate questions of sense and outward things falling from us, vanishing, a blank misgiving of a creature moving about in a world not realized. Yes, men today 
are groping in this enchanted fog for that which they know not. The fog lifts for a moment and someone thinks that they have found what they were searching for only to discover that the fog sets in again. You can satisfy that inmost longing and need just as a fish has been so created that its relationship and habitat is water. So man created the image of God finds only life satisfaction in that restored relationship with God. All the cisterns of this life, fame and wealth and pleasure and sex, or whatever you might name among man's creation and activity. They are broken cisterns that will not satisfy the deep longing, the thirst of man's soul. God alone is the answer in your life. God promised that he will give you today this eternal will. God's word says that I will give unto him that is the thirst, the fountain of the water of life freely. Just as God sends the rain, so God sends the life in Christ that will satisfy this deep longing, this knowing, this knowing need that's within the breast of every creature. So to this woman and to you and me, Jesus reminds us, whoever drinks of this water, whoever lives merely on the physical, sensual plane of life will go on thirsting. But he says, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now look again, if you will, at the words in verse 14. And in that verse, we find Jesus saying, whoever drinks of the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. My friend, water cleanses. So will this living water that Jesus offer cleanses. God says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. And though they be red like crimson, yet they shall be as snow. Whatever that stain is in your life, the water of Christ, his blood will cleanse. Water gives life, doesn't it? 
the most beautiful part of the world is because of water. So man is made alive through the living water of Jesus. Water softens, put hard clay in a glass of water and overnight it will have changed its substance. Water puts out fire. It kills the burning passion of sin. Water also puts out the fire of temptation and lust in your life. You know what a fire can do, but this water, the cleansing water of Christ, as it flows into a man's life, begins to put out the passion, the lust, and he breaks the power of counsel sin in a man's life. In verse 10, Christ offered this free water, not born of us, not earned, but a gift of God. And in verse 14, we find that it is indeed a satisfying water. Water satisfies as nothing else will. I remember when I was a Boy Scout hiking up High Peak Mountain near Morganton, North Carolina, one Saturday. There were long, hot miles from town up that mountain. We would always load our knapsacks with uh, pop drinks. But of course, halfway up the mountain, we were hot and tired and thirsty. And these drinks would not satisfy. The world, its lust, never satisfies. And from the spring that we discovered, there was water to drink and deep satisfaction. And Jesus Christ alone is this water that offers he quenches a man's real thirst and need of his life. Jesus says, whoever drinketh of this water with this quality will never thirst again. And so this water is a will that satisfies as nothing else in all of the world. And in verse 14, we find that this water of life becomes an inner fountain. The water that I shall give him shall be in him, the Lord Jesus said. And so not only is it satisfying, it is an inward relationship, not dependent upon circumstances, the external of lust, the lust of life, but that which gives from God within the deepest part of your life. And in verse 14c, we find it is a flowing fountain. And then Christ says, this well of water will be springing up. It's not just like that a well 
that is supplied by the seepage of water through the ground to some cavity, but it is a well that springs up, that bubbles up. And so this life in Christ is a life that is forever flowing. This relationship with Christ is forever within man's innermost being to bring about that satisfaction. Jesus spoke of this ministry there in the seventh chapter of John, when he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. This life that Christ gives indeed is real, abundant, and flowing. And it continues with a man's life day after day and year after year. It's not fill my cup, Lord but rather fill my channel, Lord. For what Jesus Christ has done is not merely to give us a little bit of himself to fill up our capacity, but rather when he comes into our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit, he begins to flow and to overflow our lives into the lives of others. And in the last part of verse 14, we find that this is an eternal fountain. And then likewise, Jesus says that this is of an everlasting fountain of water for it springs up into everlasting life. This is what Jesus offered the woman. And my friend, this is what he will give to each of you right now, if you will receive it. But there are conditions necessary to drink. This eternal will has its conditions. And look at the conditions. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. The language here rather indicates that the woman offered this in some contemptuous jest. She was not really sincerely asking, oh Lord, I want you. And so at this point, Jesus brings her to a realization of herself and her sin. And he said unto her, go call thy husband and come here. These words stabbed her conscience because she was made aware of her sin in living with many different men. This was necessary before she could ever take the step of drinking the water of life. And so there must be repentance 
and a turning from the awareness of sin in your life before you can have this everlasting fountain. In verse 14, and so Jesus was bringing this one face to face with her need. Jesus pressed for a decision, showing her her sin and her need of him. And her response was, well, I suppose that you're a prophet, that is, you're a preacher. And then she engaged him in conversation about religion, the real place of worship. Just the other day, I shared with a man who claims Jesus Christ, but his relationship with God was simply in a church and no personal relationship. Jesus said to this one, the time is coming when men will worship God everywhere and they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, Jesus moved from mere religion and came right back to say to this woman, you've got to have a personal relationship with God. You've got to know him in your heart. You've got to be able to communicate with him, the Lord of heaven. That's the need. I wonder how many people listening to my voice today are going to be in hell because one of these days, because throughout your life, you have substituted a church, a religion, or your own morality or goodness for the saving grace of Christ. A man who was found in the steeple of a Methodist church up in New Jersey some time ago. He had been living in that steeple for almost two years, hiding in the church. Are some of you hiding from God in the church? You know the church is one of the best places people can hide. You can come down the aisle, join the church, get your name on the roll, and then you're not bothered anymore. Are you hiding in a church? Are you hiding in religion? Look at the offer of Jesus. He says to the woman, woman, see yourself, become aware of your sin. Woman, religion, where a man worships, the form of worship, have nothing to do with it. It is this personal relationship. So Jesus said to her, I that speak unto you am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. And in me you will find life. Drink of the water of life freely. Friend, wouldn't you today, right now, respond to the call of Christ in your life? See yourself, the emptiness of the world, 
your sin, your need. Come by faith and receive the water of life. This water cleanses. It gives life. It satisfies. It will bring peace within your life. Right now, will you not receive him? And those of you who are saved, are you drinking as deeply as God would have you to? This shallow relationship with God will not satisfy. It's when a man drinks deeply that life is full of joy, hope, and eternity. Will you not today, wherever you are, confess the emptiness, the sin, the neglect of your life, and receive God's grace? Grace is receiving what you don't deserve, but that which is in his love he gives. Won't you this very day commit yourself to the Son of God? And drink of the water of life freely. Lord Jesus, I ask that you speak today to that person that is nearest hell, that is so full of frustration, dissatisfaction, and uh, an ill will perhaps toward others. Lord, speak to them and bring them under yourself. For we pray in Jesus' name. If today you will make a decision for Christ, write us or call us. Let us know about your decision, and we'll be delighted to send to you some literature that will be of help in this, in this new walk. God bless you. Have a good day.